The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, March 15th, and this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. We have a bunch of interesting name names to hit today, including some big waiver pickups recently in Houston, what to do after the injury to Joel Embiid, and much more. All of that is coming up in just a moment. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'm joined now by Steve Alexander. Steve, it was daylight savings time this morning, and I had you listed as probable to oversleep by an hour. But here you are. It didn't happen. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I was wondering about that. But, you know, now that the phone automatically changes the time, my brilliant alarm system can keep up with that. Uh, you know, my daughter was reading some of our podcast comments. And one of the comments was, I didn't really check in to your basketball podcast to hear about what alarm system your buddy uses. I was here for actual basketball information. So I guess this isn't the podcast for me. And I, I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> this dude tunes in one time and catches the, the two minutes uh, that we went on a, a rant about my alarm. So whatever. Wow. We bet then we better cut this short then. We better get right to the meat and <laughs> right to the heart of the matter here. Well, let's go to Houston, Steve. Kevin Porter Jr. is pretty much already gone in most active leagues, it seems like, all the way up to 64% rostered. He exploded for 27 points and eight times on Friday. The Rockets were set to play again on Sunday. And since Kevin Porter Jr. is not available in most leagues, let's turn our attention to his teammate, K.J. Martin Jr., which I guess is that 
That's Kenyon Jr. Martin Jr. It seems like an extra <laughs> junior in there, right? Kenyon Jr. Martin Jr. Yeah, it's right. Kenyon Martin because I thought it was Kenyon Martin Jr. But then I saw now we're calling him KJ Martin Jr. <laughs> right? I don't know. I I gotta I gotta sort this out. But I think they call him KJ because it's Kenyon <clears throat> Jr. I know, but on NBC Sports Edge, he's KJ Martin Jr. So I'm like, <laughs> that's too many J's. Kenyon Jr. Martin Jr. Martin Jr. Anyways, he's 22% rostered. In his two games, in his last two games, 13 points, nine boards with three blocks and a triple. Followed that up with 15 points, 10 boards, three steals and a block. Played 32 and 29 minutes in those two games. This guy absolutely passes the eye test, Steve. And this is one of those cases where could things go south from here? Absolutely. But when a player with this kind of upside, particularly in a bunch of categories, including steals and blocks, surfaces and is just sitting there on the waiver wire, you got to run and get him and see where it goes. Well, and Houston only has eight healthy players that they can actually put into a basketball game. So, yeah, KJ is a guy. Justin Patton is a guy. Until we see Christian Wood come back. And, uh, you know, I'm fine with taking a flyer on any any rocket. Name a rocket, any rocket. Because P.J. Tucker's done. Uh, John Wall hurt Eric Gordon eight weeks, six weeks, whatever it is with the groin. Uh, Oladipo is going to be in and out of there. They've lost 14 games in a row, I think. So it's it's just it's a perfect storm to pick up Rockets. Yeah, and the, the focus is clearly going to turn to player development in Houston. And they seem to see that they have a pretty intriguing prospect in Kenyon Martin Jr. So... 22% rostered. I can't remember if I said that already. I've run to pick him up wherever I can. So I would recommend doing the same if he's still sitting out there in your league. And let's see where this goes. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. So some injury news to update and react to. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, Joel Embiid is going to be out two to three weeks with a bone bruise in his knee. There was obviously some scare in Philadelphia there. So relatively good news for Embiid and the Sixers. But in terms of fantasy, the two players here to consider are Tony Bradley, who as of this recording is just 4% rostered, and Dwight Howard, who's 25% rostered. Howard, obviously, the much more known name. Bradley, as our blurb noted recently, had 14 points, 5 boards, and 3 blocks in a recent game that Embiid missed. So it looks like Bradley's going to start, and I think he's maybe the player to add first, but I think that you can make a case for Howard, too. Which way do you go here, Steve? My gut tells me to go with Dwight Howard. Didn't Bradley had, had go like seven for seven the other night, have that huge game, and Joel Embiid tweeted something like, man, the Sixers should really think about building around Bradley. He's so good. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I, I guess it's a flip a coin situation. I kind of feel like Howard's going to end up being the guy with better numbers because um, I think he's the better basketball player in general. But to your point, it could be Bradley. It could go either way. I think if I was going to pick one up, I'd go Howard. Bradley is sort of more of the unknown factor. So I guess with Howard, you really know what you're going to get. You're not going to get vintage dominant Dwight Howard numbers, but you're going to get some boards and blocks. Yeah. I'm not thrilled about either guy. I'm not thrilled about either guy. Yeah, I'd rather have Justin Patton for, for the time being. Yeah. I think if you've got problems at center and injuries at center, I think if you pick up either Bradley or Howard, they're obviously going to play. I think Embiid, being back in two weeks is is highly unlikely. Like anytime there's a timetable with Joel Embiid, you always take the over. 
I think he's probably out more like three to four weeks instead of two to three, which means there's going to be a lot of opportunities for both Bradley and Howard to play a lot of minutes uh, over the next three weeks or so. We're also recording this before the Sixers game on Sunday. So check back to see how that box score unfolded for Bradley and Howard. And I'll also say, Steve, in the long term, and maybe even in the near future, a player I'm more excited about than either of these Sixers guys is Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons, who is starting to surface as a pretty intriguing pickup. Two steals, three blocks on Saturday. His last seven games, he has been sitting around seven and a half points, eight boards with a steal, 1.3 blocks. He hit a three recently. I just think Stewart is a great combo of a upside stash who has a chance to see his minutes really take off who can also help your fantasy squad right now even in the limited minutes he's getting right and those minutes should be going up I mean Blake Griffin's done and there's no reason for them not to play this kid I I like him a lot and I'm just surprised he's not playing more minutes already yeah it it feels like it's coming he's only eight percent rostered We all like the idea of stashing players. We don't often have the patience to do it. This is one of those cases where he may afford you the patience to do it because he's actually producing a bit, even in this sort of limited backup role. Yeah. And and on nights when there's injuries, you know, you can plug him in DFS and he'll go off. So there's a a lot to like about the kid. And, you know, I I think he's probably rosterable in, in most leagues at this point. He's probably available in a lot of them too. And if nothing else, Put them on the end of your bench and see what happens. All right. If you are finding yourself overwhelmed, attempting to manage your fantasy teams, attempting to figure out who to add off of waivers, make sure to check out our League Sync tool. It pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to tell you the best players on waivers, who to start, who to sit, and much more as we get into the second half here. You can get access to League Sync, our DFS tools, and betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. Steve, a guy that you've mentioned a few times recently, Michael Carter-Williams, had a bad game on Friday in his first game after the break, but he had three good ones in a row prior to that. 18, 20, and 17 points in those three games with some boards, dimes, and threes. Cole Anthony... Uh, last check was without a timetable. So Carter Williams at 26% rostered, I want to say is an interesting pickup. But then I think about the fact that Orlando is kind of a mess right now. They scored only 77 points the other night. Which way do you go on Michael Carter Williams at this point? We saw the best and worst of him uh, in the last handful of games here. You know, I had Dennis Smith Jr. in a bunch of spots when he got hot. And that train ride has sort of come to an end. And MCW to me is a is a guy that I can pick up and throw in there instead of DSJ right now. And yeah, I don't love Michael Carter Williams. I know it's 2021. It doesn't make sense that he's relevant at all, but he is. He's the as I've written and said over and over again, he's the only point guard standing in Orlando and before the break and before that Friday dud, he was playing really well. So, I'm fine with picking up MCW and rolling him. DeAnthony Melton is starting to do some DeAnthony Melton things lately. His last six games prior to Sunday, Melton was sitting around 12.5 points, nearly four assists, two steals per game, two and a half threes. This is obviously a guy who just can crush it on a permanent basis when he's on. And his minutes have just been in the low 20s lately on average, but he's still putting up these numbers. Are you encouraged, intrigued, adding Melton anywhere? He's 20% rostered uh, as of right now. I like Melton. Jonas especially loves Melton and loves to complain on Twitter about Melton's minutes. And they're weird, man, because he'll play like 30 minutes and put up this superstar 
fantasy line one day and then the next day he'll play five minutes it doesn't make sense but the every time he plays heavy minutes the the numbers are there like there's a direct correlation between minutes and production for him is memphis going to play him a lot with Ja and everybody else they've got playing there i don't know but yes to answer your question i am into picking up the anthony melton and seeing what happens uh, you know desmond bain is another guy that uh, is probably going to make some second half noise for the Grizzlies and tons of upside there too. So with Melton and Bain, I think I would pick up Bain first because I feel like his minutes are more secure, but you know, you can make an argument for Melton too. So both of those are very intriguing and mostly serviceable guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hamadou Diallo has been dropped in a bunch of leagues. He's been out with a groin injury. He's also been dealt to the Pistons. I know you had Diallo added in a bunch of leagues when he was hot a little while ago, Steve. What do you make of this move to Detroit? Have you found yourself going back to add Diallo, or are you considering that move? You know, what do you think Diallo is more bummed about, uh, being injured or being traded to the Pistons? I mean, if you're a young player, I, I don't think I don't think the Pistons is the worst place to be, right? You're gonna he's gonna get to play, and I mean, Dwayne Casey seems like a a good coach to guide these young guys. So I don't think Detroit is like a bleak spot to go, other than the win loss record. Well, you put a you put a good spin on that, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you know, I I don't really know what to think. Obviously, Detroit is into playing the the kids. Sadiq Bay gets a ton of minutes. You play him in DFS. I think Diallo's probably going to get to play there. So, if I had Diallo already when he was in OKC, which a lot of a lot of places I had him, I dropped him. But in yeah, like a couple really deep leagues, I think I've still got him, and I'm going to hang on to him and see what happens in Detroit. I don't know why. If he could have moderate success with OKC, why he wouldn't be just as good, if not a little bit better in Detroit. Yeah, he's had some huge games this year. And overall, I guess I just question my concerns about his fantasy value come down to he's not really that reliable as a three point shooter at the moment. And he's not a good free throw shooter. And he does get to the free throw line. So he's a little bit of a perfect pickup for a team that's punting free throws more than he is you know, if you care about free throws, but I like him in a deeper league, especially I like him just because 
there could be some interesting volume there and he's got that potential to have some good stat lines you know on points boards assists steals like those kind of nights i guess i'm somewhere north of neutral on diallo but i but i'm trying to keep my excitement in check because of the concerns about the three-point shooting and free throws as i said okay yeah i like i i agree with that uh steve i just have a (laughs) i love when you react to me and you're just like okay yeah fine it's, that's fine, Matt. I already yeah. talked about the guy. I'm done. I, I, I clocked out. You're done. Okay, okay. Steve, another name that has caught my eye, and I think maybe your eye, is Jalen Noel of the Wolves. Is just 5% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Has had a couple notable games recently. Malik Beasley obviously suspended. Noel had that game where he exploded for, I think, 28 points with a well-rounded stat line. Followed it up. Had 17 points. Are you picking up Noel anywhere? Yeah, man, we thought Jared Vanderbilt was going to be the guy. I'm kind of sad that Jared Vanderbilt is not the guy because so many of us were fired up about it. But now it looks like it's Noel and Jaden McDaniels that are the guys. And as you mentioned, Malik with Malik Beasley suspended and that team absolutely looking like a sinking ship in every regard. These guys that Charles Barkley has no idea who they play for or who they are, are guys that are worth picking up in most leagues right now. Like Houston and Minnesota to me are the no name fantasy player hotbeds right now. Uh, They're not household names, but they're sort of a free for all in those two places right now. And I mean, I don't know that many people want to use up two roster spots on Malik Beasley, but he, it is sort of the perfect situation if you lost that Beasley production, you could pick up Noel, keep him around for the remainder of that suspension, and then just cut him. Once Beasley's back, I think I would guess that Noel is pretty irrelevant immediately. It seems like he's basically taking over that Beasley production. Maybe uh, by the time Beasley comes back, the Wolves may have completely shut it down and be like, hey, let's see what uh, Noel can do the rest of the way. We know what Beasley can do, and winning games doesn't matter to us at this point. So. I don't know what's going to happen when when Beasley gets back. I mean, I think Beasley is still a centerpiece for them. So I'm not worried about his production. But I suppose I take your point that crazier things have happened than Noel remaining relevant. Well, and we are talking about Minnesota where nothing normal ever happens. Like, it's always (laughs) weird there. Basketball-wise, anyway. Steve, one other name to mention. It's a name we've mentioned a lot. His roster percentage just continues to stay right in this same area. Teo Maladon of the Thunder is still just 13% rostered. The Thunder are another team where you can see where this is headed in the second half. It's turning straight to player development, which it's kind of already been. But, I mean, Al Horford just seems like a, a very strong candidate to get traded. You know, George Hill could easily end up out of Oklahoma City, even though he's already injured right now. Maladon has not exploded many times, but 11 points, 9 dimes a couple games ago, followed up with 10 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists has been hitting threes. He's shown the potential to get steals. I still think this is a guy, a young point guard, who has a bit of upside, not necessarily to explode in a major way, but a bit of upside to take off. And I still like him as a guy to roster right now. Have we ever not been excited about Tail Maladon on this <laughs> podcast? Have we ever not mentioned well, him? We've never, no, we've never not mentioned him. Maladon is the new Moutier. Well, and with Hamadou Diallo out of the picture, that helps Maladon. And with George Hill still injured, that helps Maladon. With OKC sort of on a downward trajectory uh, record-wise, that helps Maladon. So we've been saying it all year. I, I still think 
even though he's going to frustrate the heck out of you at times, you'll be glad you have him when it's all over. All right. As always, this is just a snapshot of some of our favorite pickups. And for more waiver wire ads, check out Jonas Nader's, the aforementioned Jonas Nader's waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge. We'll be shocked if DeAnthony Melton's name is not in there for one thing. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We will be back here on Wednesday and Friday this week. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.